Tree of Life Church, welcome and thank you for joining us here tonight online. We had every hope and expectation that we would be joining together in person. That's what we love to do. And uh, we thank God for this technology that we're able to join together online when need be. But it's certainly not our primary uh, preference. We much would rather be together worshiping the Lord together and so I wish that we were all able to do that tonight and uh, and, and I don't want to cause any alarm uh, but throughout this last year and a half we have had to you know take precautions here and there and that's that's what we've had to do tonight just take some precaution uh, we're aware of some potential exposure uh, some potential infection and, and some folks that are uh, battling uh, COVID right now and the cases that we're aware of, the people are doing well. We give God the praise for that. We give God the glory for that. Uh, but we just felt when weighing the situation that uh, it would be prudent and that it would be responsible uh, for us to take tonight and just let everybody kind of catch their breath, uh, enjoy the beautiful uh, weather outside. Hopefully you're able to do that. Uh, wait till Bible study's over. Uh, but unless you can take your mobile device and so forth. But uh, we just felt that tonight it would be good uh, and we pray about these things. We don't ever respond with a knee-jerk reaction. We don't want to overreact, nor do we want to underreact. Uh, but we want to do what's right and what is responsible. And so tonight we felt that it would be good for us to just let folks worship from home and uh, watch online, and then we'll pick back up. I do want to give you an update on the status of, of Bishop Buller. Many have asked, and we... We do want to provide you with an update. Uh, we're thankful that God has kept his hand upon him. Uh, last week, uh, Bishop went into the hospital for some tests and to undergo some tests. And in so doing, uh, they were going to be releasing him uh, early this week. Uh, and uh, when they went to release him to a, a different facility, where he could regain his strength from his hospital stay. Uh, just as a formality, they did a, a COVID test and learned uh, that he, he tested positive for COVID. And so this was a surprise uh, to the family and to us, uh, but it, it was the case. And uh, we're very glad to announce that he is symptom free. So praise God for that. He's asymptomatic, and we hope and pray that that remains to be the case. And for everyone uh, that you may know uh, who is uh, perhaps who has come down with this virus, we're praying in Jesus' name that he will deliver them and give them the victory that they need. In fact, before we go into the word of the Lord, we're going to pray to that end right now. Wherever you are, if you could just join with me in faith believing and pray this prayer of faith. We know the power of prayer, and we know the power of faith, and we know the power of the prayer of faith. So if you will bow your heads with me, we're going to pray together in Jesus' name. Mighty God, we love you and thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you are the great I am, that you have all power in heaven and in earth. And we ask in the name of Jesus that you will minister right now to those who are struggling, those who are sick, those who need a touch of God in their body, their mind, their soul, beyond COVID, other challenges they may be facing, family challenges, financial challenges, Lord God, emotional challenges, we pray that you will break the chains that may bind 
the people that sit under the sound of my voice, those that are their loved ones who may be facing these adverse difficulties. I pray in Jesus' name that the anointing of God will destroy the yoke, that you will be glorified, exalted, and we give you the praise for it in the mighty and the matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. We're going to go into the word of the Lord, and I want to talk to you tonight uh, about fear. And I want to speak specifically about the two sides of fear. The two sides of fear. Uh, because fear is something that we have seen a lot of in the last year and a half. We've dealt with it in our society, even in our faith walk. At times we've dealt with fear. And so I want to talk to you about what does the Bible say about fear and, and particularly the two sides of fear that I'm going to be talking to you about tonight. Uh, because one of the things that came to our attention throughout this uh, year and a half where we have faced uh, originally COVID and then a variety of, of spiritual struggles that, that unfolded uh, following that, uh, one of the verses that really came to the forefront, it was a beautiful verse of scripture. And it simply was penned by the Apostle Paul to his uh, protege, the young minister, Timothy. He said that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. That's 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Now, you may have heard me teach on that scripture. And, uh, of course, one of the great truths of it is that, that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but he has given us power. That's the power of God. He has given us love. That's the love of God. And he's given us a sound mind. When you understand the power of God and you understand the love of God, then God provides soundness to your mind. It takes the anxiety away. It takes the worry away. It takes the fear away. But that fear that Paul is talking about in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7 is a fear that has to do with timidity. It has to do with, with fear of taking action, a lack of boldness, and a, a cowering. And so God has not given us that spirit of fear where we cower from things and we are timid about the things of the Lord. Uh, but God has given us power, love, and a sound mind. When you talk about fear in the scriptures, it's, it's important to note that not only does the Bible condemn that spirit of fear that I've just described, but it also exalts the fear of the Lord. And so we have this, this uh, interesting dichotomy when it comes to the matter of fear. On one hand, we are told to fear not, neither be afraid. On the other hand, we are told to fear the Lord. The wise man Solomon said in the book of Ecclesiastes that to fear God is the whole duty of man and that this is the conclusion of the whole matter. And so fearing God is very important. Fearing God is, is vital to the believer's walk with the Lord. And yet we are not to fear. So what we've done with that many times is we have... We have tried to somehow separate that fear. Say, well, this is a different kind of fear. And it is, it is true that that spirit of fear that the Apostle Paul was talking about has to do with a timidity. And that is a different kind of fear. 
But the fear that we are admonished not to participate in, not to give way to, that, that is a, a phobia kind of fear. And that actually is similar to the fear that we are to engage in when fearing the Lord, that we are to fear God. And that word means exactly what we think it means. It means to fear God. Now in the Old Testament, the word for fear is a moral reverence, a moral reverence of God and of the things of God. And so when we look to the word of the Lord uh, for this, that's going to be our guide, not our clever handling of it, not our cunning craftiness and, well, it must mean this and it must mean that. No, we're going to let the word of God tell us what this means. How do we synchronize this need to fear God, this admonishment to fear God, and not just admonishment, but the beautiful fear of the Lord? And then how do we refrain from fearing and, and being afraid? When actually, ladies and gentlemen, it's the same thing. It depends on where you direct that fear. So I want to tell you this. Fear of things other than God is a form of idolatry. In the same way that love for things other than God is a form of idolatry. In the same sense that worship of other things besides God is a form of idolatry. In that same context, fear of anything that is not of God or that is not God is a form of idolatry. Fear, when placed in the Lord, is a beautiful thing. We approach it from a very negative perspective. We come at it from the perspective of fear is bad, fear is awful, fear is terrible. And Paul talked about the spirit of fear that God did not give us. But again, he's talking about a timidity. God did not give us timidity. But he did give us a moral reverence for him. And that moral reverence, and it's a real fear. It's not, it's not a play on words. It's a real moral reverence you know in the same sense that right here on this property we have large construction vehicles that are at work during the day praise God for that getting this building built in Jesus name but those large construction vehicles are are great vehicles they do a lot of good but you don't want to stand in front of one of them while it's moving forward you need to have a healthy reverence for the power of that machinery. And so that's what we do when we talk about God, having a moral reverence not to misuse, not to mishandle, not to get crossways with, not to be on the opposite side of. There needs to be a healthy fear of the Lord. And when we place fear in anything that's not of God, then we are committing a form of idolatry. We are exalting that thing to the position of deserving our moral reverence. And those things do not deserve our moral reverence. Things such as, as unpredictable, unpredictable possibilities. Things such as sickness and disease. Things such as what could happen, could have would have and should have, things from the past, fearing of failure, fearing of rejection. Don't exalt those things to the level of earning and being deserving of our moral reverence. Do not be afraid of those things. Fear the Lord 
Don't fear anything else. So let's, let's look to the word of the Lord and understand what is fear and how should it be understood? How should it be practiced? Psalm 19, verse 7. Let's talk about some powerful uh, passages of Scripture here. Brother Brian Duvall, in his message a few weeks ago, described this as the, 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 the uh, six-pack of the, of the believer, the one that the Christian armor that we put on, that if we'll have these six powerful traits in place, we have a fortification. And it's so true. Listen to this. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Those are two great things. The law of the Lord and the testimony of the Lord. Verse 8, the statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Now, the fear of the Lord is in that list of six very valuable qualities that belong to God. The law of the Lord, the commandment of the Lord, the statutes of the Lord, the judgments of the Lord, the testimony of the Lord, and the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord sits within the context of those great things that are more to be desired than gold, that are more to be desired than honey, and more to be desired, not just gold, but fine gold. And not just honey, but honeycomb, the source of the honey. More to be desired are the law of the Lord, the commandments of the Lord, the judgment of the Lord, the statutes of the Lord, the commandment of the Lord, and the fear of the Lord. Not only that, but the fear of the Lord is contained within the context of the seven spirits of God, the seven fold manifestation or expression of God's spirit. The spirit of the Lord, wisdom, counsel, might, understanding, knowledge, and yes, the fear of the Lord. It's a beautiful thing. It's not a, it's not a bad thing. And it's not something that needs to be explained away. The only time it becomes a problematic thing is when you put it in anything other than God. When you put it in anything other than God, it has torment. When you put it in anything other than God, it has a foreboding. When you put the fear of God in anything other than God, then all of a sudden it, it has this jagged, unnatural edge to it that, 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 that sets you on, on edge and causes you to feel anxious, causes you to feel paranoid, causes you to feel at, at, at a disadvantage and vulnerable and afraid. But when you put the fear of God the fear in the Lord, notice what the Bible says in Psalm 19, 9, the fear of the Lord is clean. It's clean. It's free of all the taint of the paranoia. The fear of the Lord is clean. It's free of all the taint of the anxiety and the worry and the depression that comes from fear placed in anything else. 
Don't put your fear in anything else. Put it in the Lord. In fact, the Bible says, do not fear him who is able to destroy your body. In other words, don't be afraid of the person who can do you harm. In fact, he said, fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. And the only one that can do that is the judgment of Almighty God. So we don't put our fear in anything else. Because when we do, when we put our fear in anything else, we exalt it to a level it does not belong on. And so we want to look to the word of the Lord. Let me give you an example of something we should not fear. Just like we should not love things that are not of God. Things that are not God, we should not fear things that are not God. Psalm 23, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. Quote it with me at home if you can. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It's the same moral reverence that we just heard about when it's the fear of the Lord. It's clean. But here in the valley, he said, I will fear no evil. Why? Because evil is not God. Evil doesn't deserve your moral reverence. Cancer doesn't deserve your moral reverence. COVID doesn't deserve your moral reverence. Nothing in this world deserves your moral reverence. God alone deserves yours and my moral reverence. I will fear no evil. I will not give evil the pedestal of my moral reverence. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So here I am sitting before an audience online, and, and we did not hold service in person tonight because we're being cautious, an abundance of caution, and we do that periodically when we feel we need to when we think that there's a cause for that, not out of fear, not out of fear. In fact, uh, just the opposite. When Jesus was taken to the, to the wilderness by the Spirit of the Lord and he was tempted by the devil, the Bible says that the devil took him to the pinnacle of the, relig the, the temple, pinnacle of religious temptation, pin pinnacle of the temple. And he said, cast yourself down. For the scriptures declare... That the angels will bear you up if, if, the, if you're the son of God. The angels will bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. So what, are you afraid? That was the temptation of the devil. Are you afraid to cast yourself down? And Jesus said something so powerful. And it wasn't, it wasn't just some random arbitrary little word of advice. It was the written word of God. He said, it is written. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So when we take precautions, we do so in an effort to not tempt the Lord. Not out of fear for, of a disease, but out of a fear of the Lord. We, 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 we receive the promises and the protections of God. 
And, and those promises and protections have with them the, the, the constitution of common sense that we are to practice and wisdom and understanding and knowledge that we are to practice. So when he said, you shall take up any deadly thing and it shall not harm you, he didn't mean go grab a rattlesnake and dance around with it. That's not what he meant. But he did mean if you happen to come in contact with something while you're going about doing good, then God's protection is going to be with you and you can lean upon the Lord for his protection. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. It is important that the people of God have a healthy fear of the Lord and that the people of God reject the spirit of fear timidity reject the spirit of lacking boldness no we are the people of god we belong to him he is our lord he is our savior he is the mighty god in whom we trust so when we practice wisdom that wisdom is a fear of god not a fear of anything else when we practice common sense it's a fear of god not of anything else it's an acknowledgement of the laws he has put in to our world it's not a fear of the enemy. It's not a fear of the adversary. Our fear belongs in the one who has all power. And so let's erase the idea that fear is a bad thing. It only becomes a bad thing when you put it in the wrong thing. But when you put fear in the Lord, just as when you put love in the Lord, just as when you put worship in the Lord, just as when you put faith in the Lord, it becomes a beautiful thing that will protect you, that will keep you, that will lead you, that will guide you, that will help your family, that will help your marriage, that will help your mind to be stayed upon the Lord. It's the fear of God that comes on you when you open up your mouth and you feel like you might want to say something against someone and all of a sudden you feel a check, like maybe I shouldn't say that about them. That's the fear of God came on you. And that's a good thing. Because you don't want to raise up your mouth against your brother. You don't want to call any man a fool. Don't, don't let your mouth be guilty of spewing death. Let the fear of God prevent you from doing that sort of thing. Amen. That's the fear of the Lord. And it's clean. And it endures forever. Look at these promises that come with fearing the Lord. Psalm 34. And I want to, I want to take a few moments to look at these scriptures. And I'll, I'll just point out. We're reading from the Psalms. The Psalms, they are filled with praise, right? It's a book of praise, and yet so many references to the fear of the Lord. I tell you, a nice little uh, homework piece you could do is, is get on your concordance and look for all the references to the fear of the Lord. Look at the promises that rest in fearing God. And so many people struggle with that that concept, oh, but I, I, don't, I shouldn't fear God because God is love and God is great and God is good. And all of that is true except that you are to fear the Lord. Fear is not a bad thing when you're putting your fear in the Lord. You have fear, right? You have fear? Okay, put it in God and it becomes clean. Don't put it in a horror movie. Don't put it in some new strain of disease. Don't put it in some kind of a... Uh, a fear of the future or a fear of the past or a fear of failure. No, don't put it in those things. Put your fear just as you would your faith, just as you would your worship and love. Put your fear in the Lord. Notice what Psalm 34 says, verse number 7. The angel of the Lord 
encampeth round about them that fear him, and he delivereth them. Verse number 8, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. O fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. So in verse 7, we learn that when you fear God, the angel of the Lord encamps round about you. Encamps round about you. Doesn't visit you on the weekends. Has a tent and is set up shop. And follows you when you leave the house and when you leave the workplace, he goes with you. The angel of the Lord. Well, everybody's got a guardian angel, people might say. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says the angel of the Lord is reserved for them that fear the Lord. And you go to verse 9, and the scripture says, Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints. For there is no want, there's no poverty, there is, there is no lack to them that fear the Lord. The young lions do lack, verse 10 of Psalm 34, the young lions do lack, and they suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come ye children, hearken unto me, I will teach you the fear of the Lord. If you've had somebody in your life that has taught you the fear of the Lord, you are among people most blessed. Somebody who would say, don't do that. Don't do that. You're, you're dabbling with something you don't want to dabble with. They're teaching you the fear of the Lord. Don't go there. I thank God I had parents like that. I thank God I had mentors and teachers and, and, and counselors around me all my years of growing up that, man, if I was about to cross a line, we used to say it this way, they'd put the fear of God in us. Amen. How many ever had somebody put the fear of God in you? That's what the psalmist is saying. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. You better thank God every day you had somebody that put the fear of God in you. I, 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 I clearly don't mean that they were using a fleshly application of fear to do that. Because that's not the fear we're talking about. And that's not the side of fear we're talking about. We're talking about the fear placed in the Lord, not the fear placed in things that are not the Lord. Two different applications of that moral reverence. One causes happiness and joy. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him. No want to them that fear him. In the Proverbs, it says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And, and so this is what you get when you put your fear in the Lord. When you put your fear in things that are not the Lord, you get the worry, the paranoia, the anxiety, the worry, the, the, the compulsive thinking that, that drives you to a point of, of, of total nervousness and anxiousness and you don't have peace because, because you don't fear the Lord, you fear everything else. Fear the Lord. Don't, don't fear other things. Psalm 46 and verse 1. God is our refuge. God is our strength. God is a very present help in trouble. Remember that. With whatever you're facing, God is our refuge. God is our strength and God is our very present help in trouble. I'm telling you what, if we'll just remember that, that helps 
with so much, that takes care of so many things. That when we just truly understand and believe and know that God is, in fact, our refuge, that God is our strength, that God is a very present help in trouble. Hallelujah. And notice this, verse 2, I love the first word. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed. You know, if the earth was removed, you'd think that'd be cause for fear. If the earth was removed, you'd think that'd be cause for alarm. But the psalmist said, it's already settled in my heart, my mind, my spirit, that God is our refuge and our strength and our very present help in trouble. So because I know that, even if the earth were removed, now can you come up with something more cataclysmic than that? Something more catastrophic than that? That kind of covers the spectrum of things to be afraid of. And the psalmist said, I'm not afraid of that because my fear is in the Lord. It's a sanctified fear. It's a clean fear. It endures forever. So I'm not going to be afraid. I mean, you take it from whatever your fear is, spiders, whatever your fear is, heights, whatever your fear is. I mean, everybody's got a different kind of fear or phobia that their flesh struggles with. Whatever that is, you take it from there all the way up and past and through all the other fears till you arrive at the earth being removed? Oh my goodness, that's, that's something that the flesh would most likely fear. But not the psalmist. Not the soul that has settled. God is my refuge. God is my strength. God is a very present help in trouble. Because I know that, I will not fear though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. And then he gives this other great word, Selah. Amen. Think about that for a moment is what he's telling you. Think about the fact that God is your refuge. Think about the fact that God is your strength. Think about the fact that God is your very present help in trouble and that you should not be afraid though the earth is removed, though the mountains are carried into the sea, though the waves thereof roar, and though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, you should not be afraid. Verse number four, there is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And I love this line. And that right early. Hallelujah. The heathen raged. You've seen that before. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. We've seen that before. The kingdoms moving. He uttered his voice and the earth melted. But the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Think about that for just a little while. The Lord of hosts is with us. Come behold the works of the Lord in verse 8. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh the wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow, cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know. 
that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Think about those things. That's what the Apostle Paul told us to do. Whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are honest, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, whatsoever things are of a good report, think on these things. You know what the Bible says in Isaiah 26? Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. When our mind is stayed upon the Lord, then we will have peace. Perfect peace. Peace that passes understanding. Peace while the heathen is raging. Peace while the kingdoms are moving. Peace while the mountains are swelling with the shaking of the earth. Peace, peace like a river that make glad the city of God. Hallelujah. If you're having trouble keeping your mind stayed on the Lord, ask him to help you. Lord, help me to keep my mind stayed on you. Help me to keep my mind focused on you. There's a hundred different things right now. I've got, a, I've got a plate full of problems. Where do I start? This is going wrong, and that's going wrong, and this could go wrong, and that could go wrong. And before long, you're afraid to go to bed. You're afraid to wake up. You're afraid to leave the house. You're afraid to go to work. You're afraid, you're afraid, you're afraid, because your mind is not stayed on him. And you're putting your fear in everything except the Lord. We're not going to do that. We put everything in him. Everything. All of our love, all of our devotion, all of our worship, all of our fear. Everything. I've mentioned this many times. I want to say it again here. You know, the Bible does not speak of entertainment in a positive connotation. There is no place in the scriptures where we find that people entertaining themselves with the amusements of this world was something God ordained or something that God sanctioned. Never. Of course, we are a world that is consumed with entertainment. And so all of our emotions are engaged when we are being entertained. The very root of that word, enter, the very, the very concept of it is we're allowing things to enter that, that obtain, that attain, that maintain us and 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 we are ascertained by that that entertains us and so when we when we do we 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 are consumed our whole being is is engaged with something that is not god if you were to look through the categories of what hollywood would offer as entertainment you would arrive at things like comedy things like drama things like romance, things like horror. These are the emotions of humanity. Love, romance, and, and anxiety, and suspense, and, and drama, and horror, fear, comedy, laughter, and joy, and happiness, and mirth. Oh, the devil would love to capture all those emotions that you have and lead them and guide them and manipulate them and tell you where they belong and how they should be applied and how they should be, how they should be consumed. 
But none of those things belong in the hands of your adversary. Don't give those to him nor his agents, his workers of iniquity. Don't give those emotions to him. Give those emotions to God. Give God your laughter. Give God your fear. Give God your, your drama. Amen. Give him your praise and give him your drama. Give him your love. Give him your devotion. Everything you got inside, the psalmist said this, Bless the Lord, all my soul and all that is within me. All that is within me. You got some drama? Give it to him. Bless the Lord with your drama. You've got some stuff going on at work and home and, 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 and you're trying to make it all happen and make it all work and you're getting stressed and you're getting anxious and you're becoming afraid. Put it in the Lord. Give it to God. It'll become clean. He'll give you direction. He'll give you peace. And it'll satisfy your soul. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Praise his holy name. And we're going to come to a close here. But I wonder if you could, at home, right where you sit or stand or wherever you are, I wonder if you could make up in your mind today, I'm going to put my faith in God and I'm going to put my fear in God and I'm going to put my love in God and I'm going to put my worship in God. When you do those things, you are allowing yourself to be in Christ. Amen. We're in Christ by baptism in Jesus' name. But that's a, that's a one-time moment. That's a one-time experience. But you, you can't just come up out of the water and then act like it never happened. You've got to stay immersed in Jesus Christ. And this is how you stay immersed in Jesus Christ. You, you give him everything. You pour it all into him. You immerse yourself, body, soul, and spirit into the love, the name, the power of Almighty God. Hallelujah. We're going to have church on Sunday in Jesus' name. And uh, we felt again that tonight it was good and responsible for us to take a moment, let everybody catch their breath, and, and kind of let this, this that we're facing as a city kind of go by. But we're not afraid. We're not afraid. We trust in God. We believe in the Lord. We hold to his word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I rebuke fear off of you tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. I command it in the name of Jesus to loose its grip off of you, to loose its hold. I command it to flee in Jesus' name. Agree with me right now in the name of the Lord. Agree with me in faith believing that you are free from fear. That your fear belongs to God. <laughs> your fear belongs to God. See, that's when fear becomes healthy. That's when you're able to make a responsible decision and say, I shouldn't do that. Not because you're afraid of that, but because your fear belongs to God and God is teaching you how to walk, where to go. Hearken unto me, children. Come unto me, the psalmist said. And I will teach you the fear of the Lord. And if you'll have a healthy fear of God, then you'll know what to watch, what not to watch, where to go, where not to go, who to be with, who not to be with. You'll know what to abstain from, what to engage in. 
not because you're fearful of those things, but because your fear belongs to the Lord and the fear has become clean and sanctified by his good spirit. Praise God. Could you lift your hands with me right now in the name of Jesus? Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for your people, your precious people. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for the boldness that rests upon your people. We are not a timid people, but we are meek by your spirit. But even that meekness is strength. Even the humility that you give us is strong. Lord, I pray that a healthy fear of God would well up in our spirit. Lord, I feel your presence, and I believe every person watching this can feel your presence. Hallelujah. We've got work to do, Lord. Hallelujah. We've got work to do. And you've empowered us and enabled us to do that work. But let us have a healthy fear of the Lord that balances us in our spirit, that balances the way we conduct our lives and causes us to walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, trusting in you and leaning upon your holy word. You are God. And we praise your holy name. Hallelujah. We thank you, precious Jesus. Love each and every one of you. Thank you for tuning in tonight. Go ahead and continue there in the presence of the Lord. As we discontinue this broadcast tonight, may the Lord be with you and the peace of God surround you. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless you. In the name of the Lord.